0: When we look, really look, at death, we look into a kind of abyss, the possibility that this life is all that there is, and when it's over, it's really, really over. Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. When we tell stories about someone dying, we do exactly that. We talk about the dying the things that led up to that almost banal moment of a last breath. It's a moment that's written in on a modern death certificate or marked by the practice of wealthy people in the early days of this country by the stopping of a household clock. This week we've heard about the manner of Jesus dying, the betrayal and trials, the mocking, the coercion, the crowds. The violence as people have drawn into it, like Simon of Cyrene, forced to carry the instrument of torture and death. We've noted the irony of the charge against Jesus as king of the Jews. We've heard the taunting of those crucified with him. And even though faithful women are watching at a distance in his dying, Jesus is radically alone, abandoned even. For just as no one else can be born for for us or born in our stead, and just as surely as no one can be reborn for us or drawn into newness of life on our behalf, so no one can die in our place, in our stead. Certainly, many have died in the course of history that others may live. But when it comes to our own dying and our own death, That is something we will undergo alone in the sense that no one else can do that for us. I can say with all honesty that I slightly dread the process of dying, but I'm not really afraid of death, of that moment when I breathe my last, when life is over. As Dylan Thomas considered his own father's death, I don't want to go gentle, into that good night, and I hope I will rage and rage against the dying of the light. A death that makes life possible or better for others would be fine with me, but I don't expect great significance from that moment in which I draw my last breath, in which I expect that time and finitude and history, with its inevitable decay, will hold no further meaning for me. I don't expect death to be about the moment, but rather about the adventure and the potential and the future. Certainly, Matthew saw great significance for the whole earth in Jesus' death. He saw the presence of God unveiled and made accessible as the veil in the temple was torn apart. That curtain which had separated the people from the space called the Holy of Holies, a place entered by the high priest alone but once a year. Matthew saw this death not only revealed God to all the earth, but also that it was an earth-shaking event, an event of earth-shaking significance that meant life coming out of death as the saints were raised and came out of their tombs. And maybe it's because of the significance that Matthew and others have seen in Jesus' death that I don't expect that my own will be particularly significant. I'd love life to have some significance, but death I don't fear. Today, at any rate, I'm content to try and do what Jesus did and trust that death is not the last word that death is not the last word in life, but rather that the one who gave life in the first place is trustworthy for life forever, that the one who gave life in the first place can and does form endlessly new possibilities for all of us, and that even as the molecules which make up my body are dispersed, so in death life is changed, not ended. So death is not... The last word. The love that made us for love is the last word. Love is the last word. I don't believe it's so much that death is conquered in Jesus' death, but rather the power of death, the power of the abyss that is overcome. Jesus' death does not free me or you or any of us from the reality that we will die. But it does free us and can free us from the terror of the abyss when death seems to be the last word, and so the obliteration of meaning and purpose, the fear that life, in the words of Thomas Hobbes, is nothing but nasty and brutish and short. When death is not the last word, when love is the last word, then that abyss, as the poet Christian Wyman has written, that abyss becomes bright. In a book called My Bright Abyss, this former editor of Poetry Magazine meditates on faith in the face of death and what it means to live daily with a recognition of mortality following his own diagnosis of cancer. He finds significance in so much of his life as he rests faith away from the boring liberals who he sees have denuded Jesus of real power for him and away from the new atheists who seek to do the same. He is relentlessly honest, Christian Wyman, about his own experience and his own sense of hard-won meaning. In just one example, he writes, to admit that there may be some psychological need in forming a return to faith, does not preclude or diminish the spiritual imperative any more than acknowledging the chemical aspects of sexual attraction lessen the mystery of enduring human love. See, We might say that knowing what happens to our bodies after we die need not preclude nor diminish our trust in God for life and for meaning and for purpose and for hope. What is unveiled on Good Friday is what happens when trust and faith and love confront all the ways in which we do violence to each other. The presence of God in and with the suffering of the world is shown in the midst of, of what appears to be the victory and sting of death. What is earth-shaking in this death is that the apparent victory of death over life is shown to be an almost banal reality. Just like the sin which spawns it, this thing of which we can be so afraid is marked nothing but a last breath. But the ways in which death governs through violence are shown what they are, shown up for what they are and the ministers of death in this instance a soldier but representing every one of us who are in the thrall of the idea that might makes right and violence might be an answer a way to keep the priest as the high priest put it the ministers of death see what has taken place acknowledge the presence of god in the suffering truly this was god's son And the ministers of death are terrified, as we must all be, if we have not renounced all that is deathly in our lives. Do you see it? Not the torn veil and the tombs emptied, not the earthquake. Do you see Jesus' trust in God for life, even unto death? Of course it's an ending. Jesus' death is as real as any of ours will be, And we will live with that death as the reality for the next two days. But do you see that he went to death, trusting in God for life, even in the face of the violence that nailed him to the tree? Do you see a new possibility if love is the last word, a new horizon? Do you see what faith can mean? And Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last.